Welcome back to the docket. It's the audio arm of bestevidence.fyi. I'm your co-host, Sarah D. Bunting, and I am here with Eve Beatty. Eve, where are you and what's up with that? Oh, I'm in Louisville, um, which is Kentucky, and I'm right next to the freeway uh, in my Airbnb. It is pretty loud. There is also occasionally a whistly HVAC system that I cannot control that comes on. So you listeners are always so cool about the random barks or whatever, (laughs) and I'm hopeful you can extend your coolness to random loud motorcycles and random whistly heaters. So I apologize. And thank you. Uh, yeah, I used to live on a, an on-ramp um, next to the Queensboro Bridge and uh, mm-hmm. trucks changing gears was like, once I moved, it took me a couple weeks to be able to fall asleep without that sound. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, good times. Uh, all right. So uh, there's really no segue from... <laughs> highway noise (laughs) to upcoming content, but we're doing a sort of modified fall preview, I guess, Mm -hmm. today. Um, Some properties that we're looking forward to, some properties that we don't care about slash are actively avoiding, some cases that we have fatigue on, um, and there are some media that we just don't, we just don't know what's coming or what we should care about. So we're counting on you, dear listener, to help us out with that in the comments or send us a text at 91975crime or email us uh, however you need to reach out. But like podcasts, we just don't know what's coming or what like of that, what we should care about. Eve, any um, anything to add on the podcast tip? I will just say that it's rare for me to say I wish I received more press releases, but I do wish that the uh, PR folks or media outreach folks for large podcast companies would reach out to us more because a lot of times that's the only reason that I've heard about something. Yeah, same here. Um, Books, obviously, I have a true crime bookshop, so I'm fairly well up to date on that. But it's mostly like I'm a secondhand bookseller. That's how I'm registered. So some of this stuff does slip by me, but not nearly to the extent that podcast stuff does. So uh, what should we care about? What should we not care about? Listeners, this is um, this is where we all need to pull together and work together. But TV and docuseries, upcoming documentaries, those I feel like I have a pretty good grip on. Um, I made a little list of like buy, sell, hold for the next couple months. Eve, do you have anything that you're specifically looking forward to in TV and film? Well, I I say this with the caveat that especially even though, thank goodness, the uh, WGA strike uh, wraps wrapped as of when we're recording this midnight, um, there are going to be, I'm told by a lot of PR people, a lot of things that are going to sort of surprise drop Mm -hmm. um, because there are some big holes that still need to be filled, but up ching. And we also don't know when the SAG strike is going to end. So we're talking, I think when we're talking about TV um, and movies, we're talking about what we know about, and there's going to be more stuff that's announced all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, that said, I will note that the Savior Complex uh, made its debut on HBO uh, last night. It, uh, I think, uh, like landed on Max today. And 
I know you didn't want the screeners, Sarah, but I think it's a show that um, people should give a shot. And it also changes a lot from episode to episode. It's three episodes and um, it's really worth considering. All right. I am looking forward to a Sinatra JFK mob documentary that we heard about that's coming to Channel 4. Uh, could be a while before we have access to that legally, at mm-hmm. least. But I do want to check that out. Um, Richard Linklater's Hitman. I don't know when that's going to get distribution here, but it was well yeah. received in Cannes, I think, or Venice. It got a standing ovation somewhere. Uh, Heist 88. Well, uh, Sarah, may I interrupt you on, on, on The Hitman? Yeah. It's easier than you think. It landed at Netflix. Oh, okay. Great. Yeah, yeah. So I don't think they have announced a date yet, but Netflix uh, paid 20 million bucks for it. So it's going to be easier to get. That's the Skip Hollinsworth uh, adaptation, right? Yes, I believe so. Yeah. Okay. Sorry to interrupt. Please go ahead. Um, Heist 88 looks pretty good. Um, anything about Heist or with Heist in the title, I'm probably there. Uh, Last Stop Larima, which is uh, Australian true crime from the Duplass brothers. I think that hits HBO or Max or HBO Max or, you know, wherever it is. <laughs> this is like the FX mm-hmm. on Hulu of 2023. <laughs> like, just be HBO Max, Jesus Christ. Anyway, um, that one looks interesting. And I think that hits in a couple weeks. And finally, John Carpenter's Suburban Screams. Okay, I have been wanting to talk about this with you. What do you, do you know anything about this at all? I know nothing about it. I I mean, I put it in our list of upcoming um, stuff. It's going to be right. on Peacock, and my impression is that it's kind of like Killer Legends that it gets into um, like famous horror story haunting stories that were fictionalized in horror movies that are actually based on real stories. So sort of in the Amityville vein. Okay. So Um, this is, is is this, are these, are these dramatic adaptations then of this stuff or are these people sitting around talking about what the truth is? I think it's the second thing. Okay. Um, hold on, and I will Google that. Why don't you talk a little bit about how we've kind of had it with the Murdoch murders? Sure. Well, so, I mean, I'm going to drop a name here. When I was interviewing Aaron Lee Carr for my report in Vanity Fair about the ringleader, the bling ring, uh, oh, yeah, which we should mention, the ringleader is a uh, long sort of expanded upon interview with Rachel Lee, uh, the alleged ringleader of the bling ring. Um, It's from Aaron Lee Carr. It drops on HBO on October 1st. Um, And it's, it's not substantial enough in my opinion to uh, watch if this is your introduction to the bling ring. Um, But uh, if you are a bling ring completionist, you should watch it. But so while I was interviewing Aaron Lee Carr, I was like, Oh, what are you doing next? And she's like, Oh, I'm doing this Murtaugh thing. And I like her, like, I like her as a person. I enjoy her. I like her work. But my heart sank when she told me that because I don't care about the Murtaugh's. As one of our commenter, one of our readers, our very loyal commenters, I wish I could remember who it was, help, um, who said, is, am I the only one who's sick of the Murtaugh's? And I think we all rush to say, no, you are not alone. I'm done. What else is there to say about these people? Yeah, I just, 
I mean, I thought that Low Country, which was the HBO iteration of this, um, I thought that that was really well constructed, like cynically constructed, manipulative, Mm -hmm. but effective for that. So I thought that that, um, I thought that did a great job introducing the story and giving you a sense of how just like floridly Spanish moss encrustedly crazy the whole story was and how much of it was gossip and um, it was, I don't love this word, but sometimes you have to use the word immersive. I thought it was good for what it was, given that we didn't know you know, we didn't have an outcome. We didn't have a trial outcome yet at that point. At this point, like we have a trial outcome. And I think as recently as last week, Alex Murdoch also pled guilty to like the financial chicanery part, like the federal parts of um, some of these charges. So like basically everything's been adjudicated to the extent that like we know what we're gonna know and we still don't exactly know what happened so like continuing to generate content around this story that's like what we don't know is still like the unknowns are still unknown and I'm not sure how much more content we need if Alex is not going to like take some truth serum and tell us what we actually want to know, or if Buster is not going to take some truth serum and tell us what we actually want to know. Does that make any sense? Oh no, it absolutely makes sense. And so the thing I'm kind is, of I done with that yeah. story unless yeah. it's like okay, like we're you know opening Al Capone's vault, except with truth serum and the Murdoch's. Like then you know, tell me if that happens. I'm not saying Aaron Lee Carr can't get at that info. I, I'm hopeful. I'll, you know, fingers crossed for her and all of us because she's good at what she does. But I'm just not sure that even her talents can be brought to bear like strongly enough on this subject. Her project is for Hulu. And I think that this is... Like, I don't know if like her deal with HBO, like her contract with HBO has come to a conclusion or what, but when we were talking a little bit about her process, she says, you know, that she's, when she's like talking to the studio she's working with, it's always like, sort of like, what are the projects that they're interested in a product on that she feels she can also put her unique spin on? I'm paraphrasing what she said, but that's essentially what she said. So, you know, you can see where there is that sort of collaboration and you can imagine a world where Hulu's like, we need our Murdoch project. And she thinks, what the hey, I'll give it a shot too. So, I mean, right. whatever, making a true crime docuseries or a documentary is like any other job where you sort of are like, well, this is sort of the order and then this is what I'm going to do to make it fun. So people got to work. Oh, there is right. one other pr- project that is also a very well-trod story that... um I want to bring up, I don't think I'm going to make an effort to watch it necessarily, but who knows? So ID is doing a 25th anniversary of the slaying of Matthew Shepard two hour mm-hmm. thing on um, October 9th. The thing is, I think talk, there isn't much new to say about the, you know, 
Matthew Shepard being killed and the resulting uh, sort of, quote unquote, gay panic uh, defense in court. Mm. There, I don't feel like there's a lot, you know, there's nothing new to reveal about the case. There was nothing new to reveal about the case two weeks in. Um, right. But you know, so I'm sort of like, what are we going to do for two hours other than talk about how, you know, the rising discourse in this country could possibly prompt this again? And I would argue, and I say this with all respect to Matthew Shepard, who should be remembered, that I feel that all of those arguments were so elegantly presented in Last Call mm-hmm. that if that is what AD is doing, which I don't know, because I don't always have a lot of confidence in AD pushing forward my pinko agenda. Right. Um, so even if we're assuming that that's what AD is actually doing and that their ID is going to anger a significant portion of its audience by talking shit about cops and legislators. Um, if you want that kind of content, then go watch last call. Right. Um, or just go watch the Laramie project or yeah. read it. Um, yeah. And uh, I believe Matthew Shepard's mother wrote a crime war um, called the book of Matt or someone yes. wrote a book called The Book of Matt, and then she may have had a separate crime war. I think I, actually that's the case. Mm-hmm. There is reading to be done about the case, but I, I mean, the Laramie Project was very moving yeah. and I think did what the best true crime does, even if it's fictionalized or scripted, which is to get at the truths and, you know, why a given case preoccupies us so mm-hmm. i just go with that but i was um i was interested to see that id was taking this on after like on an anniversary of the case um mm-hmm. but not necessarily encouraged about the um about the property itself that was on in my buy sell hold um setup that was a hold like i wasn't sure <laughs> i wasn't sure what to do with that one along with Who Killed Jill Dando, Mm. um, Pain Hustlers, which is coming to Netflix and I feel like is like last in the door with the Sacklers probably. I'm not actually Oh, I don't care. I'm here for Chris Evans' content, all of it, except for that Defending Jacob thing. Mm. I'm here for it. Oh, God, Defending Jacob. God, that was so bad. Uh, Update on the John Carpenter Project. Oh, thank you. The six-episode unscripted horror anthology series, which premieres Friday, October 13th, nice on peacock is an exploration of true tales of terror that took place in seemingly perfect american hometowns uh carpenter will direct an episode of the series which he also produces Uh, and composed the theme music sure he listen he wrote he did the theme music for i know for sure halloween and i think for the thing so i have confidence in his ability to noodle around on a keyboard Mm -hmm. um that it's John Carpenter's is, I, in my opinion, a little bit of a stretch, but that is that got me in the door to talk about it, so it worked. Yeah, I don't, um, I don't know why I thought this qualified as true crime, but I guess I saw the word "true" <laughs> in a no, press no, no. release it's, and went with it. it That's well, my... it's unsc- it's unscripted, so it's if it truly is unscripted, then it sounds like. There's, I don't know, 
I don't know. This is see. This is exactly why. I'm because I watched the trailer stuff. I'm like, what the fuck is this thing? I didn't have any idea even after watching the trailer. Somebody needs to do a better job of presenting this to me from yeah. a marketing standpoint. They're also um, not for nothing, but this appears mm-hmm. to be the Law and Order font in the <laughs> in the um, trailer on deadlines. So there's a there's a lot of branding flying around here, and none of it is necessarily clarifying anything um i think that's probably it on the tv and movie side i Mm -hmm. am definitely i will say that i am avoiding this dan abrams behind the crime Mm -hmm. thing because the first case is the nipsey hustle case and it's like i mean do i care what dan abrams thinks about that or anything else no yeah i mean dan abrams is enough to in our thread of like, what's a property that if I'm sure we have this thread, what's a property where you have no interest in something just because of the person associated mm-hmm. with it? That my answer is Dan Abrams. Yeah. Like I would rather watch a Nancy Grace thing than Na- Dan Abrams. I'm not even kidding. Yeah. I mean, at least Nancy Grace, I will have some kind of reaction to it. Dan Abrams, mm-hmm. I just don't care. Well, Nancy Grace at least has style. Mm-hmm. Dan Abrams, he's a nothing burger. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, speaking of books um, and things that I sell at the shop, uh, we have access to the same upcoming releases list, yeah. uh, you and I. And um, there's some stuff. It's weird. There's like some there's some titles coming up this fall that it's like, I don't care, but I have a feeling they would sell. So mm-hmm. there's stuff that I would um, there's stuff that I will you know, pick up from the Ingram warehouse without mm-hmm. sort of eyeballing it. Like, mm, I hope no one buys this so that I can read it. Um, and there's other stuff that I am legit looking forward to, including Harry and McLean's uh, Starkweather book. Do I think everything has been said about Charles Starkweather? Probably. Uh, but he wrote in broad daylight that won an Edgar award. He is um, an attorney like by day, or he was, I think he's an underrated writer in the genre. And I am looking forward to that one. And uh, there's also a book by Laura Norton called Lay Them to Rest, which is maybe not necessarily true crime, but it's like trying to identify cold case or um, unidentified um, bodies for proper burial and like return to their family slash investigation into the circumstances of their deaths so that's like true crime adjacent enough seems like it might be processy so i'm interested Mm -hmm. in that one uh and everything else is kind of like oh my god there's another book about the fucking cecil hotel that's what i was when you said the whole thing about like i'm gonna pick this up and it's probably gonna sell that's Mm -hmm. the book it's called behind the door Mm -hmm. um that's the book that I thought of first. And so it's behind the door, colon, the dark truths and untold stories of the Cecil Hotel. I call bullshit. I call bullshit. There are yep. no untold stories of the Cecil Hotel. Uh, any dark truths are no longer dark. Light has been cast on them because we. Th- this has been ex- scrutinized endlessly. That said, Sarah, within the last, like, say, two weeks... I've had so many people mention the Cecil Hotel or um, that case to me. 
there is, and I don't know if it's just because I've been traveling and people think hotels, woman traveling mm. alone, you're going to end up in a water tank, Eve, or what, but God. like, I've had a lot of people mention it and specifically like the elevator video as is like something where, you know, it's open to interpretation and how you react to the elevator video is says more about you. Like, I guess kind of like the aristocrats. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so there is like when we talk about cases that stick in somebody's head for better or worse, I think the Cecil Hotel is it. I think that. Amy Price, who is probably a perfectly nice, hardworking person, could have done a shitty job on this book, and it will sell just as many copies mm. as if it's an excellent book. Yeah, I agree. I think the Cecil Hotel is just one of those, um, it's like uh, Mara Murray, that it's like, is there even a crime here? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, who who knows? Like, that's not, that's not what drives people that's not what ensorcels people or drives them into the story or the case there's like it's the unsolved unknown just out of frame something is happening and we want to speculate on what it is ness of of the place or the case that you know it's that unsolved part of it it's not that it's a crime necessarily it's that it's a mystery so i think that's what drives that there are some books um, coming up on cases that are not adjudicated yet. Like here's a here's an example. Like John Glatt, who has written like a gazillion books. Usually, I'm not going to say quickies, but like he's usually the first one out the door on like the Doomsday Mother. He was like mm-hmm. the first one out the door with a proper non self published book. He has a book out about. Um, the Murdoch's right now came out a few weeks ago. It's called Tangled Finds. Mm-hmm. Um, I am waiting for him to come out with an Idaho murders case book, but until he does, while Idaho slept by J. Reuben Appleman is coming out in like two weeks, three weeks, I think. No, it's it's, it's next week. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, it drops on the third. And I, I reviewed it, as of course you know, Sarah, because you read it, but I reviewed it for Best Evidence last week. I paid subscribers, um, got to read my complaints about a book that is being written before the case has been adjudicated. And many of our readers said, well, that's fine, but I disagree. Yeah, I mean, I just don't especially in a case in which so much of the coverage, especially in the last month or two has been about, has been this meta commentary Mm -hmm. about the coverage and how it's like this town, basically the earth needs to be salted, like just burn it down and everybody leave Uh, to then have a book about the case that has not yet gone to, like it really hasn't started yet in court seems bizarre to me, but that's, I mean, that's publishing. You have to try to strike while these cases irons are hot. Like I, I get it. It's gross, but you know, I like, I but get then it. to that end, what's the argument for, and will it sell? I ask about both and I'm referencing in the light of all darkness, which is a book that's coming out the same week as behind the door. And when Idaho slept in the light of all darkness is about the polyclass kidnapping. Mm -hmm. Um, Do 
I don't, once again, I don't know what else there is to say about it. The case has been adjudicated. We know who did it. It's been over for a very long time. And once again, with respect to Polly Class, her family, her survivors, why do we need this book? Is anyone going to buy it? This was on my hold list. Um, this is one of those cases where it seems like this is an attempt by publishing to sort of run a case through the prestige filter. Uh, like, I'm not trying to be flip about this. Yeah. Like, maybe there is, I don't know that case very well. Um, I do know that it already wasn't especially, like, it wasn't of a special interest to my clientele. Like, mm -hmm. I, there are books about it. N no one cares. Like, this is one of those that, um, I mean, I'm not saying nobody cares. I'm saying it doesn't sell. So I'm not sure mm -hmm. whether I would pick that one up new for my for my shop because I'm not sure it's going to move. I don't yeah. love that being the calculus, but it's like there's certain cases that are ever read, I guess would be the term, mm -hmm. <laughs> in, a, in a true crime bookstore instead of evergreen. But uh, I don't, I'm not sure that this is one of them. And there are also certain cases that like, I think that the fatigue that you feel with a case that is getting a ton of, um, a ton of like TV time that, that, you know, oxygen is like shitting out some <laughs> cheap three hour, two night special thing. Uh, that that's not going to move units on the bookshelf either because it's too, it's like too slow. The lead time is too big for publishing. So uh, I'm not totally sure how that's going to play out because, you know, I guess wrong about this stuff every day, every day, all the time. So who knows? Well, that is. That is the life of a shopkeeper. I still have um, T-shirts that we made at our shop uh, seven years ago that have yet to sell, even though they are marked down to below what we paid for them. So, mm. yeah, yep. got a few of those. Every now and then I make a sale and I recognize from the photo that it was like before I hired a shop associate to take photos of inventory. So it's like mm -hmm. two and a half years old, like from the very beginning of the shop. And I'm like, oh, at last, D dust yeah. Tim will text me. Send you out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Holy shit! Someone bought a Slothtoberfest T-shirt. Oh, I'm like, all right, oh, there oh. you go. Getting um, it back. Yeah. What? Are, oh, I wanted to. Oh, I wanted to ask you about the Janet Monroe book too. That comes out October that was the 10th. Next one I was going to bring oh, up actually. Okay, cool. Then let's talk about that. Now, did you know that Janet Monroe was the? person that Jodie Foster was modeled on for Silence of the Lambs? Did you know that anybody was? I thought this just, she came out of Thomas Harris's brain. I, I feel like it's one of those, like, like Jack Crawford is like a composite of at least 15 different people who were like, yeah, I was part of the model for Jack Crawford. Like, uh-huh. Sure you were. Yeah. T same? Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I had this on my, um, this this might sell in the shop, but mm -hmm. I don't care list. Like this was on my sell list that I, I'm just like, I, I think that we're, um, I, 
I think that we've all sort of as a culture passed the window for um, like FBI crime war, um, you know, my storied career in law enforcement, like some mm-hmm. of that stuff, the vintage stuff, like John Douglas, um, the original mind hunter, Robert wrestler. Um, they're worth reading sort of as time capsules for when we were a little more innocent about copaganda. Mm-hmm. But na- like now it just seems like a sort of dated thing to be publishing, even though, even though there's that like, well, you know, as the rare woman in federal law enforcement, blah, blah, blah. Like, I mean, okay, but it just seems dated to me. What do you think? Well, I will tell you that I was sort of like, yeah, I'll pick it up. You know, like it's going to be two hours out of my life until I got to uh, this part in the, the marketing copy, copy, which, you know, authors approve. So within its pages, Monroe offers insight into the cases that have stayed with her the most, from the infamous to lesser known ones that readers will be introduced to for the first time in the book, offering new insight into the minds of some of the world's most infamous and terrifying serial killers. Guess what I don't need? I don't care for any new insights into the minds of these people. Yeah. Now, she was she was on the Oklahoma City bombing, and I do think that if there were if there was a case that I would like new insights into a new understanding of, it's like the radicalization of Timothy McVeigh is something that I feel is applicable and worth considering today. But there are new insights to be found from Ted Bundy, Jeffrey Dahmer, Edward Kemper, Eileen Wernos. I, okay, Eileen Wernos, sure, but the rest of them, no. I mean, and are, are there? Like, I, I just don't believe this claim. Like, there, no, there are there no, aren't. there is nothing else that we can learn from it fucking Kemper sorry we're done it's like a ghost show if there was a new insight that was discovered over the creation of this property we would have heard about it before it came out when you're watching ghost adventures if there was really proof of a ghost that would have made the daily news it's like when the Kardashians got robbed you knew about it before that episode of the Kardashian show Mm. yeah exactly yeah uh, the only other one that I'm sort of interested in is one by a guy named Ben Austin. It's called Correction, and it's about um, prison, like prison culture and prison reform. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm shocked that there's like nothing else by that name already, um, but I'm I'm cautiously interested in that one. Um, but that's definitely one of those things that I'm like, you know, my readers, like my customers will totally be interested in, you know, like a sociological take on carceral life. And then it's just gonna sit there collecting dust. Like sometimes they don't, sometimes they just want the black paperback with the red writing and a, you know, muzzy photo of Jeffrey Dahmer on the front. Like that's what sells. So you can't always like (laughs) your hopes for your customers mm-hmm. don't always come true, at least on the uh, eBay side of things. But I, uh, I would love to read that for myself. So maybe I'll buy a copy and hope for the best. My uh, read for myself pick that I think actually does have the potential to take off if it's as interesting as it sounds is Gator Country. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a book about a. Uh, 
a basically a sting operation alligator farm mm-hmm. uh that is intended to investigate uh, Florida Everglades poachers. Now, I say this as somebody who appreciated Carl Hyacinth's earliest fictional works. I haven't read him in a long time. I don't mean, yeah, like I haven't read him in a really long time. I have not gone back to those books. I suspect I would find them problematic now. Mm. I have not read his new work. Um, So don't, you know, if you're going to cancel me, don't cancel me for that. (laughs) Um, But I have always been intrigued by that aspect of florida not the like florida man bullshit but the like the true characters that exist in the everglades Mm -hmm. um and that sort of like weird where the confederacy and cuba meets sort of thing combined with the fact that a lot of florida is still legit wild you know, wild country and mm-hmm. in the sense that it is there are wild animals that are going to come out and fucking kill you, which is not where you or I or most of our listeners live. So I find all this really interesting. I find poaching interesting. And when I though I am triggered by animal pain and death, I feel like I can probably chill that out enough when it comes to alligators just because they're super scary so anyway gator country i'm looking forward to reading author is rebecca renner i am not familiar with her work or what else she's done but uh that intrigues me a great deal yeah i saw i saw that one and i was like i'm not totally sure this is crimey enough so if it is let me know and uh let me know if I it's a it's a cop running a sting operation it's crime i mean this is going to be something that's going to be adapted into like a soderberg or soderberg adjacent film mm. i guarantee it uh what's his name um who's the hot guy uh god seriously this you're watching me un- unravel in real time um Magic Mike, Sarah, help me. Tatum. Channing Tatum. Tatum. This is the, Channing Tatum is going to play the cop. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and uh, that most recent James Bond is going to do a sub. This, I'm basically just doing Logan Lucky again. But you could just oh, yeah. take the <laughs> entire cast of Logan Lucky and put them into this adaptation, I suspect. Yeah. Like that was actually right where my mind went was uh, Elvis's Driver. granddaughter. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Adam Driver, he he'll have a fake hand because of an alligator. Yeah, uh, Elvis's granddaughter will be the beautiful woman. Mm-hmm. We're done. We're All done. Right. We have this set. I haven't even read the damn book. <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, I'm content with this casting. Absolutely. Okay. And uh, yeah. yeah, I think Soderbergh will uh, be happy to participate. Fingers crossed. Putting it out in the universe. All right, we're done. All right, great. Uh, listeners, once again, you know how to reach us, editorial at bestevidence.fyi with suggestions and requests. If you have anything that you're looking forward to this fall that uh, you think we should address either by reviewing it or by talking about it on the docket, we'd love to hear about it. And again, 919-75-CRIME. Put it in your phone. Text us anytime. We are here for you. Talk to you next week. Mm-hmm.